And I couldn't think of a better example to celebrate our seniors today than to show that video. I've seen it many times before. You know, it's a powerful picture of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit, one of the names is the Comforter and, and in the Greek is the Parakletos or it comes, he, he comes alongside us. It's a picture of our Father coming alongside us. It's a picture of Jesus coming alongside of us. But it showed me something else today as we're honoring our senior saints because sometimes when we get older, some of us may think, you know, I just don't have any value anymore. There's no, nothing for me to do. There's, I have no use anymore. And this younger generation needs us to come out of the stands sometimes. Come out of the bleachers where we've just been sitting idly or watching or cheering on and actually getting in the race with somebody and letting them that are crippled, that are failing, that are faltering, Just give them a shoulder. Give them an encouragement. Say, you're not in this alone. I'll help you get to the finish line. Because that's what we're in, church. We're in, we're in this thing called the race of faith. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. You know, he's actually speaking prophetically because he wasn't yet done, but he was saying, I'm finishing the race. I'm going to keep the faith. I am going to fight the good of fight of faith till the end. And he, and he, and he says, I'm going to do this. But he also said, I'm going to do it with some help. And the help was, if you read down 10 verses long, uh, later, he says, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. See, sometimes we think we're in an individual race and you are. We are all in our own race of faith. But we're also in a relay. We're also handing the baton off at times. We're also, it's a team sport a lot. This is a team action here. When we come together as a body of Christ, we are lifting one another up. We are putting, getting that hand on our shoulder. We're putting our hands on them. We are blessing. We are lifting. We are encouraging. We are speaking life. And there's no age limit on that. No age limit on that. No age limit on that. Yeah. Paul was, Paul was saying here in, in, in verse 17, the Lord has been with me. He strengthened me, but I've got to pass the baton off because there's a whole nation of Gentiles that need to be saved. So we're in the, we're in the autumn series. This is the last of the autumns of our sermon series, autumn. And we're, today we're talking about that advancement. Say advanced. So we are called to advance the kingdom of God. Last week I had a dream. Ruth, this is your part. I'm not going to ask you to work to, to actually do this. But Ruth Huddleston is my dream. And I saved it for today because I knew I was going to preach about, you know, and bless our senior citizens, which I am now, you know, I'm way up there with them all, you know. So uh, I'm glad to be there. You know, the option is I'm in heaven, which is not a bad option. But I had this dream, and I've been dreaming lately. I've been having some vivid dreams. And, and when, when our kids were here for our 50th anniversary back in August, we were out in the backyard. Ezra, he, he was, he was uh, six, and he likes it when we were playing baseball. I had a little plastic bat and he had a little ball, so we could play in the backyard without breaking windows and all that. So we're in the backyard, and he would get all the family he could out there to play. And so we were all playing. One time we played an 18-inning game. 
because he didn't want it to end. He would figure out a rule to keep the game going. So we had a lot of fun. So in this dream, it's like, uh, it was like being in the backyard at that same kind of a setting. And we were, everybody was having fun. We were, we were playing baseball and we were just having a good time. And out of the corner of my eye, because I was, I was pitching. I don't know why I was pitching, but I was pitching. And out of the corner of my eye, I see this lady circling second base and coming to third base. And it was Ruth Huddleston. Stand up, Ruth. Come on, look at this smile. Come on, give us this smile. Ruth, Ruth, you were like running like the wind. You know, and I know you're over 50 and you can, you can sit down. But she had this smile on her face like you've seen her smile. She's in the Welcome Center. We have the smilers out there. And she was, she was smiling and running. And I'm looking at her like, hey, you know, where I'm going to get her? She's going home and I'm not going to be able to stop her. Because she had this joy about her. And I thought, wow. See, we're all in this race. I think God showed me that we're all in this race and we're all at a certain place in the race. Now, I want to keep using the baseball analogy just for a little bit because we're all in the race. You think this message is just for the senior saints? You're wrong. It's for all the saints. See, if you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you're actually a saint. Say, I'm a saint. Because if I ain't a saint, I ain't. Okay? But you're a, you're a saint. And so some of you are newborn, newborn babies. You're, you're in the dugout. That's, that's my idea was you're in the dugout because you're going to about to be birthed out of the dugout to home plate. Okay? So if you're a baby Christian, you know, that's like you've been a Christian for a year or so. And, and you're just starting to kind of get start understanding things. You're, you've been eating that, that, that pureed food, you know, and you've been eating that baby food. And, but now you're getting in some, some good old meat and they're starting giving you some hamburger and all that. But you, you're in the dugout, so you're a baby Christian. And so you're walking up to the ba- to, to home plate to bat maybe for the first time. But some of you have been a Christian for 10, 15, 20 years and you're a little bit more mature believers. And so you maybe are hit first base and you're rounding second base and man, you're just having a good time. But some of you may be the senior saints and you're already rounding third base. And guess what? You're heading home. You're heading home. But here, and the thing about it is all of us have called to run this race. We're all in this thing called the game of life. And God has called us all and given us purpose even in our position. Wherever we're at, whatever level we're at as Christians, we can't look down on the others because, well, you're not as mature as I am. And you can't look at the others and say, well, I wish I was as mature as you are. Comparison, listen, there's that, that will destroy your life if you always comparing yourself to everybody else. You know what? Our standard is Jesus Christ. And he's called us to all be in this game. And we all got to run this race. You've got your race to run. I've got my race to run. But you also have some people to help run their race. You got to be the wind beneath their wings. Right? We got to be willing to come alongside somebody this morning. Man, I, I, I grew up an Astros fan before there was any Rangers even heard of, you know, they were still in Washington. I was an Astros fan. So I got in, I was interested in watching the playoffs and then they won the American League Championship Series and then they won the World Series last night. But you know what I, you know what I saw in that? They were honoring a 75-year-old man. Dusty Baker. He had not given up. He said, man, I'm going to manage and I'm going to manage. He said, someday if I manage long enough, I'm going to win a World Series. <laughs> and last night he won a World Series. Man, I've never seen an old man so happy. He had 50 people jump on him at one time, like, and like, yeah, we did it for Dusty, you know, and that, that's cool because, and, but that's just baseball. What we're doing this for is for the Lord. Yeah. 
And we've, we've got a higher goal. Yeah, I was thinking of the other day because, you know, the, the celebration goes crazy at the end of a, 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 when you win the World Series. You, you know, 40, 35-year-old, 25-year-old men are out there like little kids, jumping up and down and, you know, just acting silly because they won the World Series. And I thought, one sinner repents, guess what happens in heaven? They're jumping up and down. The angels are having a big time. Everybody up there is like, wow, so-and-so got saved. And then I got to thinking. I was telling Mary Lou this. I said, people are getting saved Every second, probably, across the world, think of today how many thousands and hundreds of thousands of people may be getting saved. So I got to think, well, what is heaven like then? It's a constant party. <laughs> you know, what? So, so I mean, they just keep coming like that. I mean, like some, some of them be three, four, five hundred at the same time. Can you imagine what it's like when a, Christ, a crusade happens in India and a million people get saved? It's the same way. You know what? We have these little mindsets, uh, what celebrations look like. I keep thinking, man, that, that, that banqueting table is going to be so cool with me and Jesus and my wife and my kids around the table. And I looked and I, whoo, who's the end of that table? <laughs> Think about it, right? How many of you had a little picture of a nice little dining room table and all this beautiful and Jesus at the front? And the, but think about the, about the dining table is going to be like thousands of miles long. Hey, could you tell my uncle? He's 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 about 100 miles from here. (laughs) Pass the salt. (laughs) See, we have these little mindsets about it, but heaven's going to be millions of people celebrating what Jesus Christ did for us. Woo! I mean, that's good, isn't it? Okay, this is going to be, this is a short sermon because I know some of you, like Bill, may be nodding off and... and, uh, Martha, do you have a rubber band, Jerry, that you can shoot right in the back of his head? He's right there if he nods off. Great job on the announcements. I can't wait to see the bloopers. Oh, that was the bloopers. That's right. Yeah. I love our senior saints. Uh, What's that saying? If you can't beat them, join them. (laughs) I joined. Okay. John 13, 1. I found this verse. Talking about advancement, okay? This is so good. Now, Joshua was old, advanced in years. I'm going to say that again because God's saying this. Now, Joshua was old, advanced in years. And then the Lord said to him, you are old, advanced in years. Isn't that that funny? I I, I find that funny. God said, hey, Joshua, you're old. And you are advanced in years. Let me say that again, Joshua, if you didn't get it the first time. Joshua, you're old. You're advanced in years. And, and if he would have just left it at that and Joshua said, okay, take me home, God. And, but God didn't say that, did he? Look what he said next. And there remains very much land yet to be possessed. Joshua, you are old, but you are not done. Joshua, you are old, you are advanced in years, but I am not done with you yet. Did you know there's still some land you got to possess? So that's the word this morning for our senior saints. You may be old, you may be advanced in years, but there is still land to possess. If you're breathing, God's not done with you yet. And if somebody's next to you and they're breathing, but they don't act like they're alive, just kind of elbow them. God says here that Joshua was advanced in the years. He was old, 
had a lot to do. And you might be wondering, am I old? Do y'all know if you're old or not? How many of you know if you're old or not? Every one of you is old. Because it says, how old are you? I'm five years old. So everybody's old, right? In that sense of the word. But here's, here's, you might be getting old. This is just to help you out. This is going to, you might be getting old if, if you know where all the early bird specials are. <laughs> and how much they cost and the names of each one of them. Armentas has a great senior citizens play. I'm telling you, Armentas, and it's so cool and it's not, and it's inexpensive. You know you're old if your conversations begin with, well, I remember when. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or... I don't remember anything. It could be one or the other. I can't remember that. You might be getting old. <laughs> this is the funniest. <clears throat> Excuse me. You might be getting old if you identify with the progressive commercials that you might be getting to be like your parents. Do y'all love those commercials? Because we see those commercials, Pam, and Mary Lou and I go, that's us. That's us. You don't want to go anywhere unless, until you know what time it's over. You don't want to park anywhere that you think you have to walk too far, but you want to walk just far enough so you can get out of the, the game early, you know, so you can get to your car and find your car. You, you know you're getting old when you park at Walmart and you do look at the road that you're parking on. <laughs> Honey, I think we're on C. No, I think we're on D. No. Hit the flash button. Hit that panic button. If you're there with a bunch of old people, panic buttons are going off all over the place. <clears throat> that guy actually has written a book. Did you know that? That, that doctor for progressive about you, if you're, it's pretty funny. You've got to look it up. You know you're old or you're getting old if your realtor suggests that you do not buy a two-story house. <clears throat> Guess what we bought? A two-story house. See, I'm not, we're not old. Even though our realtor said, you surely don't want a two-story house. Yeah, we do, because when we get too old, it'll be the lower story that we'll live on, and we'll put somebody else up there to watch after us. Okay. And the last one, and there are, there are a thousand of these, and they're probably going to come out during the sermon. I hope not, but you may be getting old if somebody calls you at 9 o'clock in the evening and they go, I'm, did I wake you? <laughs> okay. To be advanced is, it, it, this is the definition for advance, is to move forward, to push on, to gain ground, to forge ahead. And there was a lot of great people in the Bible at when they were got old. I mean, I could just sit here and recount them over and over and over. When they got old, they were still working for Jesus. They were working for God. They were doing the deal. They didn't give up because they were old. And when they got to that place where God said, I'm done with you, they just laid down and went to sleep. Isn't that the way you want to go? Yes. That's the way I want to go. I want to go in a nursing home. But I mean, I'm not, not saying I'm not against nursing homes. But, you know, I just want to lay down when God's done with me and say, okay, God, I'm going to wake up in heaven. And then I wake up in heaven. That's the way I want to go. Right? Thank you, Lord. He heard my prayer. Okay, let's read John 13, 1 again. Now, Joshua was old, advanced in years. Say old. old. Advanced in years. Look at your neighbor. Say, you're not old. You're not advanced in years. There's still land to possess. Okay. 
Some of you felt like, well, I'm lying, Pastor. <laughs> They're old. <laughs> okay. All right. Here, here's the thing. Now, we're not, we don't have to possess land. And see, he's talking about a situation in the Old Testament where they had to go in and take land. They had to actually fight for the land, even though God said, this is your land. They still had to go in and fight. But what's, what is our land? I've asked the Lord, what is, what is the land that we're supposed to possess? And he said, it's very simple, Harold. It's, it's, we are possessing people. That's what our mandate is. We go after people. Say we go after people. Because that's who Jesus went after. That's who he said for us to go after. Right? So when we're going after people, he's called us. He said, there's a person over there that works next to you. They don't know me. You need to tell them about me so I can possess them and they can possess me. So they can come and step into the kingdom. Because when you lead one to the kingdom, you're advancing the kingdom. We advance the kingdom one person at a time or five at a time or a hundred at a time. But that's how we advance the kingdom, church. We have this, oh, this grandiose idea. You know, used to when I grew up, we always had revival services. Every, every, you know, every, every year, who we're going to have in for revival? How long are we going to be? Is it going to be a week, two weeks? How about two days, three days? And sooner after that, you know, it's finally just dwindled down. Let's don't have revivals anymore. There were just a lot of problems. So let's don't have revivals anymore. Listen, I'm not against revivals, but I'm telling you, revival ought to be all day, every day. Every day. Not just the day you, ha- you meet in the house of God. Every day should be a revival day because you're alive. And he said, go possess the land, Joshua, even though you're old, even though you're advanced in age, go possess the land. Now, this is what Jesus said. When he began his ministry, he opened the scroll and they handed him the scroll. Isaiah 61. And Jesus said, he read this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He said, I've got to go and possess the land. I have got to go. My father said, go. My father said, you're anointed. My father said, preach. My father said, heal. My father said, you're going to go to the cross one day. My my father said, but I'm going to raise you up and I'm going to sit you at the right hand of me and you're going to. Change the world because you have listened to me. You have obeyed my commands. And you think that's just for Jesus? No, it's for all of us. When you get Holy Spirit, when you get Jesus, he says, I have anointed you to preach the gospel. I have anointed you to heal the sick. I have anointed you to do the things that Jesus did. And he didn't say until you get to be 65 and then you retire or you get to be 70 or 75 or 80 or 85. Just ask Abraham how long he's going to he's going to tarry with you to do his to to do his bidding. It's going to be when he's done with you. So it's going to be when he's done with me. It's not going to be my timetable. Wake that person up because I'm not hearing many people. It's not going to be my timetable. It's going to be God's timetable. You know, when he says, I'm going to live a long and satisfying life and declare the works of the Lord, he meant it. He didn't say, I'm going to give you a long and satisfying life. He said, I'm going to give you a long and satisfying life. So what? You can declare the works of the Lord. How do you declare the works of the Lord? You do the works of the Lord. In John 20, 21, Jesus, after he had been resurrected, he said, peace to you as the Father has sent me, I also send you. You are sent ones, church. He didn't just send me. He sent all of us. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, he sent you. He's sending you and me to the lost, to the hurting. He's sending us to a people that have not been yet possessed by God. 
Okay? John 14, 12. Many of you know this, but I'm going to read it anyway. Most assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. He didn't listen to people. That was just the disciples. Well, here, my Bible says, he who believes in me. Amen. He who believes in me, Jesus said, the works that I do, he will do also in greater works. Say greater works. Then these he will do because I go to my father. He said, I'm going, but I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit, the paracletos, the comforter, the strengthener, the power. I'm leaving him with you for you so you can go and possess the land. You ready to go possess something in Jesus name? Look at Mark 16, 15, the Great Commission. A lot of people, well, I like Matthew 28. Well, I want to read them both. Okay. Matthew, uh, Mark 16, 15, and he said, this Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creation, every creature. That means all the nations, every person. He said, go and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and, and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. That's a pretty, that's a pretty powerful statement, church. So you understand the people that we don't go and possess, they are condemned. They're condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Do you believe this morning? Okay, then in my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay the hands on the sick and they will recover. Not they might recover, they will recover. Jesus said, are you willing to go possess the land? Oh, but I'm old. I'm advanced. I don't care, God said. Joshua, I don't care if you're old in advance. I want you to go. There's some land yet that you have not, per you have not possessed. And then in Matthew 28, Jesus says this. He came and he spoke to them saying, this is before he ascended. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go. Say go. Go, therefore, and make disciples, students of all the nations, baptizing them just like we did this morning in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, even when you're advanced and old. I am with you. He is with you. Say he's with me this morning. See, this process of this process of uh, the Great Commission has been going on for over 2,000 years. Yeah. See, God had a plan. It wasn't just, well, Jesus, you're going to die. I'm going to raise you up from the dead. And I just hope somebody gets it. <laughs> Y'all just, just figure it out. No, he said, I'm going to give you a mandate. I'm going to give you some instructions. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, first of all, you need to love one another. I'm going to command you to love one another. This is how the world's going to know that you love me. This is how the world's going to know that I am who I am by the way you love one another. So he said, I'm going to command you to love one another. I'm going to command you to do some things because I know this has got to be set in motion for the church, for the, for the baton to be kept passed on and on and on and on until one day, until one day. Come here, Joe. One day the, the, the baton was passed to Joe. Joe, you pass it to the person behind you. Y'all just shake hands all the way down the aisle. I want y'all to shake hands with each other this morning. Pass the baton. Come on, everybody touch each other. Everybody touch somebody. I want you to pass the baton. I want you to see that we're all connected this morning. We're all connected this morning. Everybody, I want everybody to touch somebody. You are connected this morning. You have a mandate from the word of God that you are to touch somebody in the name of Jesus and to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ because there's land yet to be possessed. And once it starts, once, once we get it in here, it will, we'll get it out there. 
Once we really get it in here, how important it is for us to come out of the stands and grab that man. So we're getting across the finish line. Once we figure that out, oh, he's black. I don't think I can carry him. Oh, he's Spanish. I don't think I can carry him. Oh, they're poor. I don't think I can do that. Oh, they're rich. I don't want to be around rich people. Listen, we've got to get that stuff out of our heads. We've got to say, listen, we're in this together. Rich, poor, black, white, yellow, brown, green. I don't care. We're in this together. You know, we've been talking in our men's Bible study. I'm almost done, believe it or not. What time is it? Is that food ready? It's ready? Let's pray right now. Lord, thank you for the food. I'm so old, they made a special menu for me. <laughs> I was joking with them. I said, well, what are we going to have for, the, for, our, for our meal for our seniors? So like a bunch of insure? Just kind of <laughs> Here's your insure. Go drink it. <laughs> it's what will give you, build up your body. No, it's going to be it's good food. I know it's good because Cam cooked it, and he had a lot of help. But we've been talking about this unity thing in... in uh, in our men's Bible study on Wednesday nights and it's really awesome downstairs. Just a bunch of men opening up the Word and getting in the Word and seeing how it applies to our lives. And so we've been talking about unity. Looked at Romans 12 and then we looked at 1 Corinthians 12 and it talks about the body and how we're all connected. It talks about the gifts, how everybody has different, some different gifts and all these things work together. And God said, listen, I love, that's exactly what I meant when I put that down there, but he showed me something else. If we're going to be a body that works together, we're going to have to work together even if they don't have many gifts or if they've got a bunch of gifts. Yeah. We've got to work together if, if we've got three people with arms and, and they, don't have, they don't have the feet to go along. They're not doing, but we've got to, it, it may not look right. It may not look the way we want it, this perfect body. It may not look that way. Matter of fact, it's not going to look that way. Amen. It's just not going to look that way. But yet we've got to be willing to say, hey, listen, if they're weak there, I'm going to help them be strong. Because I've got a weakness here, and he helped me be strong. And we've got, to, we've got to see each other the way God wants us to see each other, that we are here for each other. We're not here to judge. We're not here to condemn. We're not here to put down. The Bible says we come together, and we assemble together so we can edify and build one of each other up. Could you, can you imagine? Could you imagine last night, sixth game of the World Series, before they go out on the field, Dusty Baker gets the guys together. Boys, I've been doing this for a long time. I don't think we've got a snowball's chance in you know where to win this game. Can you imagine D- Dusty Baker saying that to his team? And then think, oh man, he doesn't, even, he doesn't think we can win this game. No, I'm sure he got, got those guys against guys. This opportunity of the lifetime. Tonight, you are going to play your best. And when you come away and you've given your best and they put that ring on your finger and that cool cap and that cool T-shirt and you get to hold up that trophy, he said, it's going to be because we work together as a team. And I think the same thing, except on a way grander scale, when we step into the presence of God and say, man, y'all work together. Y'all advanced the kingdom of God. Y'all took the land because y'all believed in one another and you believed in me. See, that's what we've got to start doing. We've got to believe in one another we got to start. we got to stay close. We've got to be knit together. 
so we can do this thing called the walk of faith. Just in this morning.